You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menunos and Bing.com and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Scandal After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424 256 1729. That's 424. 424- Two five six seventeen twenty nine, and now another post game wrap up show for your favorite TV show. It's After Buzz TV scandal after show. What's up, gladiators? <laughs> Bing is for doing, and we are here doing another After Buzz TV after show for the amazing scandal. This is episode two of season two, the other woman. I'm your host, Emil Anish Jr., and I'm joined here with my three amazing co-hosts and a special guest. I'll let everybody introduce themselves. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Canelia. Hello. Ladies <laughs> ladies first. Oh, I'm Sophia Stanley. And I'm Bam Erickson. And on um, our guest couch here, we have the beautiful and talented Elise Neal. How are you? Hello, everybody. How's everybody doing? And um, <laughs> we're very excited to have her tonight because she was in tonight's episode playing Anna the Mistress, which is AKA a, the other woman. The other woman, and um, it was a, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it was a, a great, amazing episode. But before we get into tonight's episode, we're going to start doing something brand new called Scandal Pace. And Scandal Pace is going to be where we ask um, or answer questions from YouTube and iTunes and fan boards, wherever. So the first question, starting right now, is Billy dead? I say Billy is dead, obviously, because uh, what's his name? Charlie was hired to kill him. And then, first of all, I think the main question isn't, is Billy dead? Is it going to be explained later on in the show? I definitely think that it will. Yeah. No, he's not dead. What? Okay. Um, Who was Olivia's savior? Who did she call? The white woman. (laughs) <laughs> Before we even knew, she definitely called her fixer because it had to be someone higher than her. Mm-hmm. And her fixer, obviously, is the Supreme Court justice. So that's the highest level of the law that you can get. Ironically, even more important, presumably, than the president. That's why there are checks and balances. So the woman that she presumably called was a Supreme Court justice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Why is Olivia so invested in Quinn? Uh- I don't know. I think Olivia, I think there's something that we don't know, obviously, about about Quinn that Olivia's invested in. I personally think it has to do with the case that Olivia was working on that has to do with the Supreme Court justice, mm-hmm. because that's the only way I think she ties into the whole situation, because she knew Quinn. Right. And also just all the flashbacks with the pictures and things and stuff like that. So I. She's invested because she's involved. Yeah. How does Hold Olivia? Hold on one second. Uh-oh. And 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 the judge specifically said she could bring down the free world. She mm-hmm. could bring down this government, which is something we talked about in season one. Right. Last question: How does Olivia really know Huck, and why is he so loyal to her? I just think they go way back, way back before she knew any of the other um, her team. They go way, way back. They go way back. So I'm just assuming that they just have this bond or tie because they been friends or have a connection for so long but let's remember wasn't um huck part of the cia definitely yes but he he was homeless but i still i still think there's that there's a there's something to it because in the episode in season one when they went back and he was the homeless and then all of a sudden he was helping but remember he was homeless after he was in the cia though because they let him go but was he really homeless I don't, I think I don't know because when she approached Ooh. him on the st- on the street the first time we saw her interact with Huck she gave him coffee as if they already had a relationship. No, but that's Ooh. my point. They, that they knew each yeah, other from they, before the CIA. But the question is, really, was he homeless or was that a cover? Anyways, scandal pace. Scandal pace is done. over. <laughs> All right, we need scandal pace music. We're gonna work on that next week though. So let's get right into because we have so much to talk about. Uh, storyline A, which was the Sudan storyline, and this continued from last week's episode. And this episode we saw there was a picture that uh, was presented to the president, and it had all these dead bodies. 
And um, who wants to tackle this first? I mean, it was. I think it was so extremely emotional that Fitz had no choice. The only thing that he could do was go to war, and that's exactly what he was preparing to do. Was you know asking his advisors what his military options were to actually go and invade Sudan. Yeah, I like the way Cyrus stepped up though. When he saw that the guy in the boardroom was a little iffy about it, I like that he went with his gut instead of you know fighting the war because Cyrus was for this war. Mm -hmm. But I like that he stopped it and he kind of said, you know what? Even though I'm for the war, I'm going to say something. That picture, I think, is a little shaky. I like that about Cyrus. I was happy he did that. And then it also just goes to show when he was having the conversation with his um, his partner, husband. James. Um, I just didn't know the, the James. term. Yeah. And so when they were when they were having the conversation in regards to why he can't have a baby, it's because of things like that where he has the president's um, his best interest, and he really that really is like his baby. He's older, and so he really thinks of him like this is my baby. This is who I have to watch and protect. And as soon as he saw that something was wrong, he stepped right up and said something. Yeah. Well, uh, going back to the whole James and Cyrus thing, I like how Shonda Rhimes keeps trying to push the button. And in this episode, we finally saw a little bit more interaction with with James and Cyrus, especially at the end where he said, you know, when you get all powerful on me, it turns me on. (laughs) Essentially, I thought about what you said about the cut buddy. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Being from Atlanta, you know, we call it cut buddy, but they're not cut buddy. They're in love, though. Atlanta people, cuddle buddy, (laughs) your friend with benefits. What was also cool about this scene is, you know, we always see Cyrus as this tough guy. Mm -hmm. And then right at the very last moment when he was like, you know, that's turns me on finally he just kind of broke down and you got to see the other side of cyrus and you know he kind of had that little that little that little chuckle smile and then turned over and that was it (laughs) wait a minute (laughs) all right (laughs) i think it was i think it was important though because i think at the end of the day we're starting to see more of the characters Mm -hmm. and i think that cyrus was extremely one-dimensional and yes i think that not only does he love the country but his all of his actions are towards the president because that in essence is his child but he's still a real human being and he has a life outside of the white house no matter how limited that time is but what i thought was extremely important is we are definitely seeing Fitz be the president of the united states of america so even when you know the kid tried to be like oh you know i need to talk to my boss he's like i'm your boss right and then with the director of the cia or the head of the cia he did the same exact thing and I think he's starting to revel in that feeling of being in control and knowing how to take decisive action yeah I like how they show both sides of him too same episode they show him taking control and then right back they show him being vulnerable with Melly and Olivia which we'll get into later but I like how they, they play his different parts I like how they show that I completely agree I feel like with this season we're seeing both sides of a lot of people because first season it was more I guess maybe because it was limited episodes, we didn't really get to dive into everybody's character. And now we're getting, obviously, we have 13 episodes so far to really get into the characters. And we see how complex they really are. And it's just nice to starting to feel like I really know them instead of all these hidden secrets. Um, And talking about secrets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? I, w- I want to be like, amen. <laughs> well, before we get into that, let's okay. go into iTunes. So okay. iTunes, um, guys, you know, every week we have our after show that goes straight to podcasts and YouTube. Okay. But we want you to go to iTunes and search for Scandal at After Buzz TV. Um, and what you can do to help us out is leave a comment and rate five stars, please. And also share with a friend and subscribe. Did I hit them all? I think so. Um, but if you don't necessarily want to um, just listen to Scandal. We have tons of other after shows here, which we'll talk about later. Um, but make sure you also download the podcast app, which is available in the App Store. And you can put that on all your app-related devices, and it puts all your apps into this, or your, all your podcasts into this neat little app. You can do the same thing. Subscribe, rate, comment. And we really appreciate it. And don't forget, we're giving away uh, the Season 1 DVD that was signed by Kerry Washington, Guillermo Diaz, and Katie Lowe's. So make sure you continue to rate, comment on iTunes and YouTube, and we'll let you know uh, how you can win that. And Gladiators, amazing job last week. We were number one. I know it is not a competition, but Gladiators, we were number one. So keep up the good work. Again, jump online, rate, comment, subscribe, tell a friend, tell a friend on iTunes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now, Lisa's oh, it's quiet over here on the on the sofa. We're about to get into her storyline. I'm like listening to you guys. It's like watching the Scandal episode. You guys are just going back and forth so fast. I'm just sitting here just like listening. Well, we're definitely about to talk to her because in this storyline, we had, uh, what was it, Pastor Drake. Pastor Drake. Pastor. And I know for Pastor. Bam and I, it might, it's, it might be a little bit of a different perspective because we're 
we're both uh, PKs, which is preacher's kids. So to see uh, a storyline that deals with the church, you know, I don't want to say it's iffy. I'm not ashamed of, you know, my father or anything. But, you know, just growing up in the church and being a, a pastor's kid, it's nice to see them address this topic because it is a iffy topic thinking that pastors are perfect when they're not absolutely um so let's get into this pastor drake storyline we opened up where we see that pastor drake's missing and then obviously olivia is looking for him and they figure out that he's at a hotel with the mistress the other (laughs) i love love everybody turned and looked at me or as you said the other woman but let's also just set it up properly know that everyone's watched the episode but we figure out that the mistress, mm-hmm. her name is Anna, mm-hmm. played yes. by Elise Neal, mm-hmm. yes. is underneath the pastor and yes. is handcuffed to the bed. Yes. And literally cannot yell, or she's trying to, but her yells, her screams are muffled by the weight of his body. Because he was a big man. Yeah, pastor a was big man. A very yeah. big man. <laughs> yes. So obviously, it's not only the scandal that he's caught with someone, it's in such an, in, an uh, incriminating manner that it could obviously bring down the legacy of this pastor as well as this civil rights leader that has been extremely important to the country. And what you just the said, country. the legacy is, is a big thing to address because this isn't just some random pastor this is like a pastor that's well known this is like a equivalent of like a td jakes or eddie long like yeah. he's well known across the whole country to the point where even the president no, had him he, endorse him when he was running even for though office. they're on opposite parties right. they mm-hmm. said for seven presidents he's right. advised yeah so now mm-hmm. Elise, i have a question for your character because i was getting your popcorn were you <laughs> <laughs> were you actually under the man now when you say was i actually under him do you mean we, when we taped did you not see that that really was under there? I didn't see it. Oh, okay. Well, it's a, it's a two-parter because I really was under him when we taped it. And um, they had actually um, made a device because they didn't want me to get squished. <laughs> <laughs> so they made this. Um, they actually, like, put a cast of my body. I, I kid you not. Put, like, a cast of my body. And they made, you know, fit it to my body. And I was having that on. As a Whoa. as a buffer between me and his body weight, because they really did want me underneath him. So we practiced it with that for the camera. They were just so much discussion, and we were doing the rehearsals a lot. And after say like thirty minutes, and I could see, you know, I've been doing TV for so many years, I could see that they're not liking it. They're not liking it, even though we've done it. He's on top of me. He's like. Laying like he's putting almost all his pressure, which thank God I can't feel it, like you know, because they have the thing. But they're like talking because it doesn't look right. So I finally was like, okay, look, we'll figure it out. We're not gonna do the um the yeah. thing that they put together, and you know he'll just have to do it, lay flat. And when I tap him, it'll be like it's too heavy. <laughs> he'll have to get off of me. That's exactly Method what we did. Acting. That's exactly what we did. Yep. I was really under him. He really just laid flat or else it wasn't going to look like he was dead. And I would just tap tap him when it was too, too much pressure. Wow. Getting yeah, inside the secrets here. TV exclusive. Really now, the really funny is. thing was, at first, when I was watching the scene, I didn't even realize you were under him until you said something, Sophia. And then I was like, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You were blind or something? I, I was completely that. under there. And it makes sense because even afterwards, when you get up, you're so stunned. And obviously, that's your amazing acting ability. But you could almost see Thank that you. when you're, when you're you know, when you're kind of almost <laughs> yeah. drunk and you're doing that that wobble step. I was trying that, to give it that, that emotion because, you know, it was, you know, we shot the, that the part when I was up and of course dressed and everything because even when we shot it I still you know was almost naked because they didn't want it if if you caught a glimpse they didn't want it to you know seem unauthentic but um, I I really did try to give the sense that you know I've been there for hours and what happened and he died and I had to deal with all of that emotion and try to convey that like fast yeah because that's serious she she was under him he died and was stuck under a dead man you're for many hours you're the man that you have loved <laughs> for 15 years you're stuck <laughs> under him that's that's real that's real stuff i completely agree yeah that's real yeah he was into some kinky stuff clearly so. <laughs> yeah i'm sorry that's funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> which is exactly why they laughed yeah, i mean it's crazy exactly. it's crazy how they did just... they die on top of me <laughs> <laughs> no but it's true Come though 
Because I think that's exactly why <laughs> Olivia had that moment with Fitz where she was being real and she right. had to divulge a secret because it is something that, taken in Unbelievable. context, it's, it's not even just that it's his wife. So now you have a pastor who obviously is America's pastor, mm-hmm. who's been married to his wife, into obviously. Handcuffs into handcuffs with his, 50, his mistress that he's had for 15 years, found yeah. dead in a hotel room mm. with his handcuffed mistress. Naked. Naked. Yeah. Naked, but. Right. But, naked. but, you know, and I think we've mentioned this before is, again, I think that the 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 scandal is always analogous to the underlying issue, which is always Fitz and Olivia. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that it was not lost, the fact that not only was she the other woman, but wherein, you know, then obviously the gladiators go into what they do, right, which is fix the scenario. So the first thing that Harrison wanted to do, or Olivia advised Harrison to do, is basically, you know, go talk to her, get her to sign a non-disclosure agreement and pay her off. We'll be done with it and we'll keep it moving. Because why? They presumed that she was... A hooker, right. which is, as we've all known, is very different than a mistress. They very quickly find out by the fact that she is not going to sign the agreement. She doesn't want to take the money. The The area which she goes to, especially, you know, I don't know if anyone else has lived in the District of Columbia, but I think they do a very good job in terms of their set dressings. Mm-hmm. And obviously they shot the house on purpose to show that a hooker doesn't live yeah, in such a nice house. Exactly. Like, they're obviously not in suburbia. They're in an upper middle class neighborhood. They quickly realize not only is she not a hooker, she's his mistress of 15 years, and more importantly, she's a lawyer. Right. Check. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the the thing was, I, I obviously laughed when they had to move the body to the first lady's house. And, you know, the first lady had to deal with a lot of emotional things, dealing with the fact that her husband was cheating with a, a mistress of 15 years. And then, obviously, later on, we find out the bombshell that she also has a kid. Checkmate. And yeah. I, Olivia couldn't even... Like, what was she going to do? Because Olivia, you know, she always has a situation under control. And she was saying, you know, you don't have enough leverage to demand $6 million. Mm-hmm. So this is what you're going to do. And she's like, wait, 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 honey, come here. <laughs> like, and, but I think go ahead, because but there was something that when we were watching, we were privy to have Elise um, watch with us. But you mentioned something that some of us didn't necessarily catch when you asked for the $6 million. You said something. Yes. Um, you know, um, it, was, it was, you know, first of all, kudos to Shonda Rhimes and this whole scandal TV phenomenon show that it is. It, the writing on the show is so amazing. But that was not an ad lib. You know, uh, Shonda's writing was very much like, I yell for my son, Vincent. And then, you know, but but before that, it's very much like, I know what I want. And I come to this whole table that they think that they're playing me, but I'm playing them. And I love that about this character. And the, the number one thing is, you know, when I asked for the money, I know that she has it. So I said, and it was written, she has it. Like, you know, I know and I'm coming to play and I got my facts. So don't play me. Right. <laughs> and in a way, that whole she has it and the whole money in the church thing goes back to that Shonda incorporating this storyline to where there's a lot of controversy where pastors making all this money and where's the money from the church going, which we'll talk about later with the under shepherds. Sure. But, um, that's that's a big issue that a lot of people want to tackle, and Shonda's just not afraid to tackle many of these issues, which is why I love the show. Yeah. What, what I also um, liked about your character in that particular discussion when Olivia was saying, you know, about the undisclosure and uh, you're nowhere near six million, you know, Olivia's character, she's very tough. She says it like it is. And the way that you fought back, but you fought back so quietly, you didn't have to, like, get into her face you just said you know you just call for the little boy to come and then you just kind of say what you said and it was so um it was so different but she was able to understand and i just thought the dynamics of that particular scene was really important because again we're used to seeing olivia so so hard in your face and when you brought that little boy, I mean, she had nothing. There wasn't. What can you say? Because that was her. When she mm-hmm. brought the little exactly. boy, in, Olivia, in her mind, fifteen years down the road, mm. if she's still talking to Fitz, this is her. She can't have Christmas with this man. Exactly. She can't spend real. And time that was with the him. that was the and purpose of the speech that she said to me. Yeah. You know, and it's like I like that moment because it was that moment where. For me and my character, you know, and talking to the director, and I, I mean, but I got it in the writing as well. Like, that was the moment where I realized and identified with the woman 
that was in front of me and not this lady who's trying to convince me of another emotion. And I love that moment in the scene where she's telling me all this stuff. And when I'm, you know, telling her what I really wanted from this relationship at some point and him getting to know my son a little bit, it's like, you know, that was our moment to relate on the same level. I love that part. I love that part. I think, what's up? Oh, and I was going to say, I think it's amazing acting because I think that one of the things that I love about this show and I've said before and we've all said before is that so much is said in the silence. Mm -hmm. So at first you actually didn't communicate it with words. Mm -hmm. It was your body language. It was the way that you were pacing. And Olivia, having been in that moment in present time and just like you said, mourning for the loss of a life that she can't have or possibly as we've, you know, said, possibly could have had, Mm -hmm. um, that I think that she was answering your questions and she really was speaking to you. She was speaking to your soul. Yeah. And I think she, that's why you were able to connect. But the only thing I want to say, too, is, bam, I think you have a very astute point. But I think this is the first time Olivia is speaking lawyer to lawyer. Right. Right. So I think there was no need oh. to posture in a different right. way. She knew her game plan. It right. wasn't simply, yes, it may have been spawned from a place of emotion, but you're dealing with a lawyer. And you're right. dealing with a lawyer who knows this man mm-hmm. for 15 years. So she has thought about every single a- angle because that's why she didn't negotiate. Yeah. Because she knew that no matter what her end game was, there's a child. Right. And she didn't right. talk to your character the way she talked to the president's mistress in the first episode <laughs> last season. Right. Because when she approached her, she she basically destroyed her on site. She didn't ask any questions. She didn't want to hear what she had to say. But with Elisa's character, it was sit down, like you mm-hmm. said, Sophia, sit down, woman to woman. This is what we're going to talk business in these terms. This is what Yeah, she because she knows that I'm not going to yeah. deal with anything else but business. Mm-hmm. You know, I know the game. We Like you just said, as exactly the the right point lawyer to lawyer i already know the game so why play a game when it's not gonna work and the thing that we like about this show obviously is it's not just random storylines they put in the show it always correlates back to the main story with olivia fitz and melly and so in this episode i don't even know if i was expecting it but when melly walked into the room to talk to the first lady Obvious. And give it up for Lorraine Toussaint. I mean, oh, that was, that was yeah. a great The amazing Lorraine Toussaint. That was an amazing Mrs. Drake, the, the pastor's wife. <laughs> right. I agree. It, oh. Actually, even before she walked into the run, I forgot, she took a sedative. Yes. Oh. She said she took a sedative. But you know what? Also, let's... Oh, time out. Back up. Say that again, she please. She said she took a sedative because when Olivia was talking to her, mm-hmm. she knew the first lady was coming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She was playing this groggy role like, oh, I don't want to communicate. Uh. But true. as soon as Melly came in, mm-hmm. she flipped it. She mm-hmm. woke up and she told Melly exactly what she had on her mind because her and Melly have a relationship. Mm-hmm. So did she take a sedative? I don't think so. That's she was playing, she played everybody in that room. <laughs> she told you to get out. That was it. But you know what? I was also just wanted to talk uh, specifically uh, just really quick about um, about you being the other wife and the negotiation that kept going on and about how Olivia was in the middle. You know, Olivia is negotiating between you, the lawyer, and and uh, the, 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 the wife. Mm-hmm. And so that went on for a little bit because you knew exactly what you wanted. She was not willing to have it. And so it was finally you guys had uh, came up with the uh, with the with the with agreement the plan. with the plan, which again, you being a lawyer, now it makes sense. You agree to a plan, but you really knew in your mind, I it, ain't going. It I, wasn't I, good I, enough. I, yeah, yeah, not good enough. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, going back to uh, to the whole Melly thing, though. So when she walks into the room and she sees Olivia, that whole scene, like obviously, when you say silence. When she touched her belly and just looked at Olivia, be like, "Okay, you know the president's baby is in my stomach. Move out the way." No, basically. she literally said, "Excuse me." <laughs> yeah, and that's. The, I mean, Melly is so. I want to hate her, but I can't because she, she's the first lady. She's the real first lady. It's not. I can't really be upset because Olivia is the one that's out of line, in a way. I think that her her conversation with the pastor's wife and just uh, my brains. Uh, tell me the name of the actress again. Oh, uh, Lorraine Lorraine, Tou- Lorraine Lorraine Toussaint. Absolutely brilliant because I think that Olivia necessarily so has to be extremely pragmatic with people number one number two I think that the reason that she's good at her job is she's able to connect with people emotionally but again anytime a situation is a little bit too close to home 
Olivia gets a little frenetic, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? So as she's talking to the pastor's wife, she's just going over again and again, and she's like, what did you take? You have to say thank you, blah, blah, blah. But if you notice, and I can't wait to watch the episode again, she's not connecting with her no. in the manner in which she should. She's just going through lines with her. And so I think that's why she potentially missed the fact that the pastor's wife could have been faking it. But when Melly sits down and basically the first response, which should have been thank you, is he had a mistress, she but, deliberately said it quiet. But mm-hmm. also, also, let's mention the fact that the media was there, the recorders was there, and Melly, Melly said it twice, and there was no response. And then she said it, but she, she may have, she may didn't say it loud, but she said it loud enough for mm-hmm. the people to hear exactly. and to whisper. That was, the, you don't have to, you don't have to blot out, she, he had a mistress. But the thing was, the thing that was important in that scene, too, was when Melly had them clear the room and Olivia was still standing there like, oh, okay, I don't have to go because I'm Olivia Pope. But then Melly gave her that look like. You, too. Mm. (laughs) Now, Mm. were you able to get the entire script or did you only have your part? Well, what's interesting about it, um, you know, Scandal's kind of like when I did Scream 2, and it's like, you know, guarded in secrecy. (laughs) And, you know, like, I I just remember that feeling when I got this offer. It was very much like that where you got an idea of where we were going with it, but you didn't get the script at first. So Mm -hmm. I didn't know a lot of the juicy things that are going to come with it because, you know, they don't want to let you know all this stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, So for me, it was just kind of like, okay, they gave you like a couple of scenes and then they took the script back away from you. And then when we got there and everything, we started working and there was a little bit more about, you know, what we're doing and the full script and everything, but not right away. Mm. Yeah. Secretive. Yeah. It's very, really, it really very, scandal yeah. even yeah. behind very the scenes. Yeah. <laughs> Completely secretive, yeah. which is fun though. I was yeah. going to say, because it kind of keeps you on your toes. Well, it's just fun to just go to work and you're going to read it for the first time and you have new eyes and, you know, and you just play with it. TV's always a fast paced anyway, as opposed to a movie pace. So it's cool for me. I mean, some people don't like that, but for me, I like that. I like it to still feel fresh and new when I'm reading it. So that was cool. Did, with me. did you feel, though, that that this show went faster than even other television shows that you've been on? Um, this show is 100 percent on a fast pace. And. I knew that going in. So, you know, and we had a lot of conversation at, at the rehearsals and stuff we did on set about the pace of the show. This show has a different energy and pace, and that's what they want. They want to separate themselves from other shows by keeping their pace like fast, like crazy. So with the fast pace, about how long did it take to film the entire episode that you, your segment that you were a part of? See, they <laughs> shoot a lot of out of order. So I'll say that before I tell you how long it took to shoot it. Um, but they do shoot a lot of order, like t- t- uh, two episodes at once. They were shooting while we were shooting my episode. So like two weeks. Okay. Yeah. 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 It took a while to to finish because, they, again, they were doing two yeah. at one. And that makes sense also because of the time shifting mm-hmm. in general in the show itself. Well, before we get into, you know, your career and personal life, I want to talk about just how the this storyline ended, which was a powerful moment where after she had the deep conversation with Olivia and they bonded because Olivia saw herself in Anna, we saw that all she really wanted was to say goodbye to the man she's loved for 15 years and have her son say goodbye. That scene, my goodness, it was just, I wanted to like, I was that was probably the first time I was literally talking at the screen and I don't normally do that when we watch TV. I'm normally the quiet one, but it was and you were egging me on too, but but I mean of but, course. But that scene that scene was deep because she said, you know, I know what you want. You want the fifteen you want you want those fifteen years, you want the anniversaries, you want those arguments of who's gonna wash your dishes. I was like, Oh damn, this is like this that was deep. Yeah. That was deep. what I mean, how was that scene? How was that? We did that scene a lot of different ways because um, for me, it was it was a lot of, di- you know, it's a lot of different emotions as a woman that you can go through and play. Like we did some scenes where we both really cried a lot in in the scenes and we did some where you know she cried and I didn't or I cried and she did like we played with that a lot because there's a lot of emotion in the words so we just really played and I guess they just picked you know picked the one that they wanted to use but we gave a lot of different options a lot of different emotion and feeling about those what she was saying I mean ultimately we saw that 
what she wanted was to say goodbye and they get to the funeral and i think the she got to go to the funeral but the the time we were surprised was obviously when well actually let's go so, right before that let's go right you, let's go right before that though i, I was trip the hat i mean <laughs> that's what that's what the wife wears what you had but she's had a relationship i for i am in my mind in, in her mind she is the she is that she has his child they've been together for 15 years she is definitely the other woman she even knows that she's not a you know in, uh, a dumb individual but she's getting what she wanted which was to be recognized as her presence in his life so she's got to come to the funeral she does and and as that yeah in 15 years he kept this relationship going for 15 years it wasn't just about the mistress we're we're, we're forgetting about the actual pastor yeah. to keep a relationship going to have a child with someone and to be around her for that long he had to have this same level of uh, emotion for her mm-hmm. so while the wife is you know bearing him making these plans and she's carrying you know mm-hmm. she's carrying the cross for her husband trying to save face the other woman she can't do any of this you know like a right. woman's do du- a wife's duty she wants to bury her husband and she was just sitting on the sideline on the couch you right. know twiddling her thumbs figuring out what was next i completely agree and i think also too this show always exists in the gray and simply because she was the mistress does not actually mean that there's not a religious undertow mm-hmm. so at the end of the day in certain biblical circumstances if you have a child with someone that creates a union so at the end of the day she has a child that's created a union with a pastor Funerals, obviously, no matter what culture or religion, faith, every culture has a way to say goodbye to someone that you have loved. And that can be done, obviously, presumably anywhere. But the reason that there's a formalized ceremony is because that's the passing of whatever it is. So she needed to be a part of that. And I think Anna just really wanted to have something different with him, even though she knew it was wrong. And that's just the bottom line, I think, of anyone who gets in this type of relationship. And I had to put myself in that space of a woman who's probably so in love with this man, so in love with the child that she has had with this man. So kind of out of her mind about what she's doing wrong because for 15 years she's been doing that's a long time so I had to kind of wrap my head around that chick and what she would be feeling and honestly at the moment that he's passed and she can't do any of the things that Olivia puts on that checklist of the Christmases and the washing of the dishes and taking out the trash and all of those things now that he's gone all of the things that she would like to possibly in her mind she still wanted are gone so what's left letting people know that I existed and my money but but <laughs> letting people know that I existed because people did not know that she existed and that was her biggest thing for 15 years they carried on this relationship had a child had love or whatever but nobody knew she existed. She now wants to exist. And I'm actually going to take a slight different spin on that. I think it's even just the symbolic existing. Because before the wife of the pastor took your hand, presumably other than the wife, no one would have known that you were there. Right. Right. But I think it's the fact that you were actually physically there. That was enough for you. That you knew that you... Well, I, I don't mean to inter- interject, yeah, no, please. but... There's, like we said from the other scene, there's cameras. There's world footage now. Everybody knows eventually Mm -hmm. because of my presence there. And people will wonder from watching the the news feed, who was that that she took her hand? I know exactly why I'm dressed why I am. I know what I'm doing. But I think that's why that scene was so important that she did take your hand. Once they see that little boy, too, they'll put two and two together because that was perfect casting. Perfect casting, right? But what what was also interesting is when the wife took your hand and the little boys, Mm -hmm. the preacher was preaching something in regards to um, either forgiveness or something that kind of wrapped up. Exactly. Because she basically had to put aside her feelings or hurt, although she knew that her husband was doing this i mean maybe she do you think she she put away her 
Do you really see? No, it? No. I, I didn't look at it that way. Mm-hmm. I think I don't think she put away her hurt, but I think that at that moment, as a woman, I think she recognized that you had feelings too, and I think there's okay. a difference between putting away your hurt versus in that moment. I think she saw you. I think she saw the child, and especially relating back to Melly's conversation, she was still the wife. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, I think she felt for this boy who, at the end of the day, still is her husband's child, mm-hmm. and I think she felt for you as a woman, and especially as not to be silly, but a woman of God, she realized at that moment you were not her enemy. If anyone she had to be mad at, it was her husband, but you were not, in fact, the enemy. And I think that you're right, Bam. It was symbolic and on purpose that they were talking about forgiveness. So I think Mm -hmm. that who she needed to forgive was herself for not knowing, and you, because you, in essence, were not the enemy, because the the problem is gone. Forgive herself for not knowing. Because while this was all playing out, she looked at the baby, she looked at Elise's character, but... In her mind, and this was this is what I took from it, my husband carried on a relationship with this woman. This woman may have known about me, but two people cannot have a relationship for 15 years without him giving her the impression that she's a staple in his life mm-hmm. or she mm-hmm. may potentially be the first lady and knock me off my mm-hmm. reign. Because what the other woman does after a while, she wants to be the main chick. The side chick always wants to take the, the main chick's place. So what I, for me, when she took her hand, to me it was I'm not judging you. I, it is what it is. My husband's in this casket and he, this is his doing. I I have to acknowledge you because it's not really it's your fault, but this like this man care he had a baby. Like, and not only that, writer. let's just run the numbers real real quick. There's no way that your character was more than 40. Let's just run the numbers. Oh, so no, it's real chalk, right? So that's let's true. just maximum. Let's make her character 40. Let's make Anna 40. That means they got together when she was 25. Hmm. So again, 25 for the most part, that's just above adulthood. As well as the fact that let's put it into context that he is this amazing pastor, a powerful man, a man mm-hmm. of God, powerful mm-hmm. church, and she's 25. Mm. So so again, mm. in terms, and I'm not, I'm not denying that she's the other woman and I'm not denying that she's a mistress, but if you take it in light of her age, his power position, and then put the third layer of the church and of counsel of God. Hmm. Preach, sister. Yeah, sorry. But you know, honestly, but, I'm, I'm, I'm going to blow you, you guys' mind with this one. I, I I love Shonda's in this show so much for the fact that see I don't think that that's it at all. <laughs> I think the reason why Ms. Drake took my hand is because Carrie went over there and said that's what's gonna make her be quiet. Mm. Boom, boom, and she said, "All right." If this is going to make her be quiet, we can finally, she, I still hadn't, you got to remember, I still hadn't signed. You sure did? I still have not signed anything. That's true. What I want is to be on the cameras at the funeral and recognized. Acknowledged. So this is why she did it. She said, I'm going to give you your two minutes. Which is also, I'll be, you know, it shows over. Everybody's seen it now. So I can say, there was a couple of takes of how she took my hand. Oh, really? <laughs> there was a couple of takes that were I, I would have liked to have seen. <laughs> one was where, like, because that, that one they showed was, she still kind of was like, you know, come on. Yeah. But there was one where we did this cool thing where, when she took my hand, I, I, you know, I, I took my son and I stood in this position, but it was kind of blocking her. Hmm. So she grabbed both of my shoulders and pushed me over. I love that one. Mm. <laughs> oh, I hope that makes it to the DVD. I know. Seriously, I want to see those <laughs> cut scenes. Because yeah. I really feel like that was her position. Mm. This is what I wanted. So this is what she's going to give me so she can wrap this up and go on to her next phase. It didn't have to do with forgiving me or any of that. But speaking of next phase and, and moving on, I just have to do mm-hmm. uh, really quickly. Um, so the new fall lineup is here. And so there's a lot of great shows that uh, After Buzz covers, such as, of course, Scandal and Homeland and and uh, 66 uh, Park Avenue and um, Girl, uh, Girl Confidential LA, mm-hmm. Doctor Who, Castle. So there's so many great shows that we um, that we 
that we cover for the uh, new fall lineup. So make sure you guys go to www.afterbuzztv.com. Look at the show schedule. There's a lot of great shows. You'll love a bunch of, um, there's a bunch of shows that you'll like. And please check us out on afterbuzztv.com. And just to quickly counteract on that, I think it's important when you say you have so many shows because a lot of people, they listen to our Scandal After Show and they share that. But there's people who don't watch Scandal who like other shows. We have so many shows you can listen to and... So anyway, that's what and, I say and, that. and then also not just not not just scripted shows, but there's a lot of reality mm-hmm. shows that we do. We have Jersey Shore. Oh yeah, Jersey Shore just came back last sure. season. And so we have a lot of great. We have a good variety of shows here on After Buzz TV. So you know, of course, I want you to like Scandal. But if there's <laughs> another show that you don't particularly that you want to watch, you know, go to our schedule, check out our shows. There's something for everybody here at AfterBuzzTV.com. We even have wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> but we now have we WWE want WWE wrestling. Oh yeah, we yeah, do. You, but we want to talk about um. <laughs> About you now. Okay. You, Elise. Um, you know, okay. I was reading a couple interviews before I got here, and I saw, you know, in one of the interviews, you said a lot of people, or maybe the moderator said this, but a lot of people were like, where has she been and stuff like that. Yeah. And I looked at her IMDb page, I'm like, no, she's been pretty steady as far as her acting career goes. But yeah. there's, there's a lot of people, at least in the black community, not to single you guys out, but... Um, they remember you from all of us in the Hughley yeah. show. And they're like, where did she go? I'll be the first person to say, stop just watching BET people. Right. Or whatever you've been watching. Um, or when it was UPN. Or UPN <laughs> or whatever. Which I've done, you know, shows right. on UPN. But, you know, I've always had a really cool career of, you know, crossing over and doing, like I was just talking about everything from a, a scream to, to even like the Hughleys really started on ABC before we went over to UPN. My first television show was Sequest D- DSV. I mean, you know, I'm excited to the fact that I was actually rewriting my resume for my new um Online, I'm actually going to do another website. Elise uh, hyphen Neil dot com will be coming very soon, and I'll tweet it at everything. But anyway, so I was rewriting my resume, and you know, I'm actually coming up on my seventh television series, uh, and, and, and you know, I, that's why I, I tell people like, you know. I don't do just necessarily, you know, TVs, uh, shows that have black characters, which I'm very proud of. I want, you know, I want everyone to appreciate my work. And I, I love my people. I love who I am. But I want everybody to appreciate the work. That's why I went to school to study for this. But, you know, so from basically after uh, doing All of Us, you know, I went straight into doing K-Ville with Anthony Anderson. We'd worked together on Hustle mm-hmm. and Flow. Mm-hmm. So he asked me to play his wife on K-Ville, which is a Fox show right after that. I remember. You know, so that and I loved doing that right after um, Katrina and and supporting that whole New Orleans when they were trying to rebuild. That was great. That was just a great show. And, you know, that was right before the writer's strike, which is the only reason why we didn't come back because we had nothing in the can. But the show was like a top 25 show. It was a really great show. You know, so I like doing different things like that. And then sometimes. You know, I've done TV for a long time, so then I want to break in TV, but then I'm always doing other stuff as well. So, yeah, I just like everybody to be more diverse. That's all. (laughs) That's all. You're also a a dancer. Can you tell us a little bit about that? And you Uh, you have a group? Yeah, you know, it's so so much going on. But, like, um, you know, I loved performing. I didn't even want to act. The acting is definitely a second career of mine. I had a full career as a performer traveling around the world. And I love to boast about my three passports uh, from all of the traveling I've done. That's the one thing I say, you know, I would love to maybe do a TV show and it be on a location somewhere because I... I love to travel and I miss that part of my life. But yeah, um, you know, I've done musicals with great, great performers all around the world. And I decided to produce a group called Elise and Assorted Flavors so that I could get back on stage and, and kind of feed that get out there and dance bug. So and we've done a whole lot of shows and different things for Terrell Owens, for his one of his charities, different people in the NBA, different 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 stuff all over the place. You know, I, I love doing that with the girls. It's fun. Choreograph it, produce it, stage it. Get kind of like get all of that out in one. T- nice. Do you think you're going to do more producing now that you have the um, producing bug? Yeah, you know, I I love creating. I love producing. I'm I'm not opposed to 
coming up with things for other people other than myself. And uh, one of the shows I actually did was a short called The Slap. And it was actually uh, almost one lens on talent last year. Oh, wow. um, you know, so that was really cool to be do that. And I wrote my first screenplay called Timeless, which also has the group in it. <laughs> um, so people can kind of get a, a better understanding of that part of my muscle. Um, so we're shopping that right now. And actually, the great Robin Thede, who's really doing, doing a lot. Shout out to Robin. Yeah, Robin um, right. She's doing a lot of with her acting and not only her comedy shows and skits and everything. And she was a. Uh, one of the writers on Avion Crockett. She was now one of the writers on Hollywood House Husbands. Um, she co-wrote it with me. She's a really good friend of mine. So. She's also going to be on uh, the new reboot of In Living Color, too. Correct. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. my boo. <laughs> now, I know we probably all saw this. There's a movie that's coming out um, called <laughs> The Under Shepherd. Yes. Which we all thought was interesting because it's very similar as far as addressing uh, the the issues in the church that mm-hmm. aren't usually addressed. Mm-hmm. And just from reading the synopsis, it looks like it's going to cause a little bit of controversy. I can't wait for for more controversy. And I'm thinking, okay, I hope I don't get typecast. <laughs> but it's really fun because I, I was just t- telling you guys, like people on Twitter and stuff are saying, you know, this is the first time that, you know, I've seen Elise uh, in a character. My Twitter is the real Nil E for anyone who wants to follow me, um, that they didn't like me. And I love that. Like, I don't want to always be liked, but I want to engross you in what I'm what what the what I'm supposed to be portraying, right? And I just love the fact that people were hitting me like I didn't like you in that. I'm thinking, yes, that's exactly what I was going for. Mm-hmm. Well, you're from Tennessee, right? Born and raised in Memphis. Yes. So growing up in the South, the whole Bible Belt. I'm from Atlanta. Yes. What is it like as far as you addressing these church issues? Were you in the? Did you grow up in the church? I didn't grow up in the church. I definitely wasn't a PK like you. <laughs> um, but you know, I have a one of my my. Um, my aunts is definitely like a deacon mm-hmm. and in church every Sunday. And when I'm in Memphis, that's who I hang out with. That's like my favorite aunt. And we, we go to church every Sunday. And that's, you know, that's really kind of where I, you know, get a lot of my teaching and what I know. But I'm, I definitely wasn't there like, you know, during the week and, and, <laughs> and all that. Like, you guys have to be there. Um, but I just find it fascinating to talk about, you know, and I think it's also because we you know we as black people don't want to talk about our issues mm-hmm. yes. even if it's a cold we don't want to talk about it or you know put the testing on it like chris rock used to say yeah. and and we've been taught to you know we're we've taught to just pray and just pray you know pray it away pray, it away. pray the cold away pray the, the problems away pray everything away and um the the under shepherd was an independent film that russ parr wrote um directed and I love the fact that this man who does this crazy radio show has this whole other side to him. It just it, it intrigues me. And, you know, I really actually got to know Russ a little bit. We um we were out in um, D.C. and he had like a premiere and everything when we first finished the movie. And it's like, you know, he's just got a, a whole other side to him. And I think that's great that he's able to write these you would never think that he yeah. would write this type of show. And we won Best Film at ABFF. Wow. So, you know, the people yes. are really appreciative of of what that movie is about. I think, you know, it is definitely going to be something that people are going to talk about because it's it goes there. And I'll say this. We didn't even show half of where, where it went. <laughs> it went to some dark places, some, you know. But, you know, I think it's it's a message that needs to be put out there because we all know that there's something wrong in all church, not just us, mm-hmm. in all church systems out there, you know, a Catholic, whatever. And, you know, we have to be able to talk about the issues to fix them. If we keep burying things under the rug, nothing gets fixed. Mm-hmm. Nothing at all gets fixed. So where can we watch the film? Can we watch it yet? Oh, or? you know what? I, well, I'll, I'll get back to you. I don't know. I have to ask Russ. I've been busy with this and other stuff. <laughs> I don't know. I have to get back to you on that. <laughs> Just really quickly, there's, you know, you've had a great um a great career in film and one of my favorite films I love watching you in was Money Talks oh, so much fun <laughs> so much fun you and Chris Tucker's scenes were absolutely hilarious when you were Maurice is a Maurice freaking hatchet and you get that hand going you were so just, much fun you were just hilarious so that is like one of my favorite films thank to you. watch you in so thank you've you had so a much great, you've had such a great career thank you and you've been able to do so much you know I've have always, you know, seen you in things outside of the the black stuff. But I'm, it's, yeah. just, it's really an honor to have you here and to see your career 
it go from, you know, not a lot of people can say that they've done both film and TV, but you've had a successful career in both. I honestly love that. Mm-hmm. And that's why, you know, I, I would like people to note and, re- and recall everything that goes on with me and not just certain things, you know, because I think that's the journey that a lot of actors would want. And I'm I'm giving it to you, you mm-hmm. know, and I don't know what that is. Honestly, I, I think it's hard work, dedication. I still love what I do as a performer. And some people, I think, are, are going for the goal and trying to be a star. And trust me, there's a lot of things I could do or have done to just be a star. But I like the craft, and I like the the people like the Susan Sarandons of the world. I like where they're the Alfred Woodits of the world. Well, those are the people that I look up to because they just... You know, they just go to a different place when they're playing a character, and that's what I do. So I like them. Do you think it's because you went to school for the arts? I definitely think it's about that. I think it's about the fact that my life has been so full and so rich, and I've, you know, I've hung out in Paris and been to Amsterdam, and I've been to Belgium as a performer, and I have so many places that I pull from when I do characters or people in my life along the way that I pull from and bring in. I have relatives that, that don't know that I'm playing there, but I am. <laughs> I have all of that. And I, and I like that, you know, you have to have that and then train that. And I think a lot of people, especially now with the reality being so big and look, I love the Kardashians just like anybody. But if you're trying to be an actor, you have to study. I was just talking to somebody earlier today. Say that again, yes. please. If you're trying to be an actor, you have to study. When I decided that I wasn't going to be known as a dancer anymore, I took it so seriously. I was in New York. I was tra- training at the Gene Frankel Institute. When I moved to L.A., I decided to go to the Academy of Dramatic Art on, a, on the scholarship program on the summer when you can't even think about trying to do even a commercial. You have to take that whole summer and learn the craft. You have to take it seriously. I, I studied, studied Shakespeare. So for a long time, when I, before I got jobs, I was doing a Shakespearean monologue, which used to blow people away because people just don't do that. And I used to know it like that. But my point of saying that is studying something like Shakespeare, then you understand the cadence of words when you speak. And why would you skip those steps? Right. Why would you skip the learning process? When I learned how to tap, I had to go to class to learn how to tap. So why would I, you know, skip steps to be an actor? It mm-hmm. does—it kind of blows my mind. I mean, I get we're in a different age now and everybody thinks everything is like this, but it doesn't work. No, and you make a good point because you've had longevity in your career. And a lot of people can't really say Mm -hmm. that. And just hearing you talk about, you know, you have to learn the craft, that explains it. I mean, it really is is a done deal. And and I think that's also why I can do comedy and then I can also do a drama. I'm stupid. I'm silly. You guys have seen me around. (laughs) I'm silly. I try to keep it together because we're, you know, we're doing so. But, like, I'm silly as a person. So that's kind of where the comedy can come in. But there still has to be a structure to what you're doing and saying when you're you're, you're performing and mm-hmm. I really want people to understand that look do I need to start make, doing acting classes or something <laughs> for everybody to understand and come because I'm going to tell you the truth you, you know should. I don't know we, I'm, we, I don't know you might see me tweet that just to get people excited I think I think you really should no do you promise that you're going to continue the conversation on Twitter I mean I just might I mean I will see I might have to take a I might have to just say that I'll say it here I might have to just take a week and do Elise Neal will do acting classes for one week for whatever amount just to get people in the 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 steps of being in a class and understanding if you sit down with the script and break down the words and cadence of it it could be a lot better Mm. glad you heard it she's going to continue the conversation on because we still have so many questions. We didn't even get into your hairline, but oh, uh, we have so many questions. Um, so continue the conversation on Twitter. Tell your Twitter name again. The Real Neil E. It was about five Elise Neil fakes. Official, <laughs> official Elise Neil. That's not me. Look for the verified Elise check. Neil. That's not me. <laughs> The real Neil E. is my verified Twitter. And we'll continue the conversation there so you can find out more about who is Elise, but we have to get back to Scandal and talk about who is Quinn, right? Completely, but just one last thing is, if you're on another show and, yeah. and we're doing an After Buzz show, will you come back even if it's not oh, us? Yeah. Of course. Yes. All right. Of Thank, course. You. Thank you. We would love to have you back, even if it's just the extended After Buzz family. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> who we is might, Quinn? Yeah, I mean, this thing is, I mean, do we have time to do who is Quinn? That's, yes. that's, we can, we can do Scandal Pace. 
Yeah, but and we'll we, break we, it we, down. Okay. We have time. Right. Do the scandal pace. I like the scandal pace. Yeah. <laughs> We're good. So yeah. Quinn, Quinn is at the house, and obviously she's sitting in the living room, disheveled with Olivia. Olivia leaves and says, "You know, are you okay?" And she says, "I'm fine." Blah blah blah. And then we see that she flies to. Or is it? Um, Oakland. Oakland, California, to see her father. Oh, damn. And I don't know what she was thinking, if everything was going to be okay, that she goes back home. But, but I mean, I think at the end of the day, though, this is someone who for two years has been living in some kind of existence that's not her own. And it's almost as if she was in witness protection, but without almost her doing. She didn't consent to it. It just happened to her. So at the end of the day, now she almost died, literally, because she was about to be executed. She passed up on the plea deal, which she would have just spent time in jail. So she literally escaped death. Of course, the first thing you want to do is to connect to your father, not only your father, but the only family, the only parent that raised you, because obviously he was a single dad. And the secondary layer is the fact that when they spoke and he mentioned that the sister now just became a nurse. Quinn slash Lindsay was obviously the golden child. She's the one that went to law school. She was the one he leaned on. Of course you're going to go to your dad. Yeah, Especially because I mean, Olivia's not giving her any answers. Yeah, she's not getting any answers. That was the first scene that they talked uh, between, uh, between Quinn and Olivia is she wanted answers. And Olivia said, I can't really give you answers right now. And so if you can't give me answers, well, hell, let me go to my dad. Let me ask something. I haven't seen the man in all these years. Let me just let just let me let him know that I'm okay. And go back home because she didn't voluntarily leave home. She was taken from her home. Oh, very good point. So, you know, the first thing you'll do is say, okay, I don't, she doesn't feel like she belongs anywhere. I don't belong in D.C. This isn't even my real name. I was taken from my home. I was fine. Maybe things would have worked out, but I wasn't awake to figure it out. So let me take this plane. Let me go back to see my dad. Hopefully the fact that I haven't called or spoken to him in two years doesn't really rub him the right way because... She probably, she, you know, she was hoping that things would have been okay, but with dad, the way he approached the situation, it really wasn't okay. Cause I haven't heard from him for two years. Did they address if he thought she was dead or a lot? Like, you know, what did they, what and did he think of her? I think the thing too was besides the fact that, you know, he was trying to deal with the fact that she just came back into his life. It was the fact he was trying to deal with, she just came back into his life and he finally moved on, you know, and to have somebody leave your life for that long, not knowing where they went, what's going on. Then he probably saw her on the news with this whole case and trial. And then you're like, oh, that's my daughter. And then you have the whole town that probably has this whole story about her already, especially with the, the lady the in lady. the restaurant who yeah. couldn't stop looking with her rude face. Um, <laughs> but when you have that situation, you know, it's like, but I'm, I'm thinking personally, though, I don't know if I would go back home. Because I wouldn't feel comfortable. I wouldn't feel comfortable anywhere. I would just want answers. And I know Olivia isn't giving it to me, but I feel I feel like I would feel closer staying with Olivia knowing that one day I'll get those answers instead no, of running back no, home. No, she kind of betrayed her because she so feels betrayed that Olivia isn't giving her the real deal. And, she, you know, she went back home. She kind of, as a human being, you kind of want to go back to where you came from when you're not sure of where you're going or who you are. Mm-hmm. You want to go back to the beginning. And for her, that was the beginning. People were, like you said, people were looking at her a little funny. Yeah. You know, when there's a serial killer from your hometown, it's plagued as the home of, like, Charles Manson or whoever. <laughs> so she went home, and now she has this plague upon her. But she she kind of had to go back there to get to where she was eventually going to go. I'll let That's it just go. what I think. I'll let it go my my thing. But we saw, <laughs> I can't even defend, the whole room went against me. But um, when Huck showed up, because Huck obviously followed her to um, Oakland, and she's like, what are you doing here? Like, you followed me. And then Huck basically said, um, what did he say? It wasn't seven people that died. It, it was, was eight. eight. Meaning that this life that you had, you're, that no, you no longer exist. You're, that person's dead. Right. You have to let it go. Which is on. true. So at the moment, it doesn't matter if it's fair or not. It doesn't matter if someone physically took you. You now are Quinn Perkins. We're your new family. And again, I just realized that there's still something there. Even though I, I really don't think she did it, Olivia is still a fixer and everyone needs fixing. And the fact that Huck said that mm-hmm. in season one, Huck, think about it, is the only one who knows her real background. So Huck knows something about her of not only how she interplays with this whole situation. Again, like the judge said, she could bring down the free world, but there's something there that's still a little broken that she needs to be within the Pope and Associates family to properly need fixing. There's another layer we don't know. And listen, because we haven't really talked about let's not brush over that whole judge situation the judge said that Quinn can take down the government, which makes me wonder, like, what did, like, what is, what are they hiding? And I'm, and it's funny. I mean, I said that from season one. I knew it had to be 
major. However, I still think Olivia is slipping. So she's in your house and no one's watching her. Right. Like, again, if this is someone who potentially could bring down the free world, number one, number two, at 12 agencies, all of these layers, even if it's simply that someone could be out to get her, and a stalker, somebody. That's true. She, she, she left she, she left Amanda Tanner. Amanda Tanner died in her house. So why are you leaving this girl seriously, alone again? There's, 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 she's a little bit too lax because obviously her building is not as secure as you think it is. <laughs> no, but yeah, I'm being serious. And she's too invested in these situations. Mm-hmm. Olivia right. needs to, she, she works best when she's not involved. When she just fixes things, she works efficiently. She's yep. on it. But she is invested in this situation for whatever reason. We probably won't know until whenever. And, <coughs> and, and let's also not forget with this particular storyline, you have the preacher's wife and the mistress. So she has to deal with this situation and what's going on with Queen and trying to run and try to be, you know, great and keep everything together. That I don't buy. That's that's her job. Like, and I don't mean that to sound mean, but that's her job. She does it all the time. Like, she did it an entire season one, maybe not as well as she should have, but that's what she does. And at the end of the day, the Quinn situation in terms of her potentially dying is over. Now she needs to contain the situation. She needs to figure out something to say to Quinn to make Quinn calm down. She can't keep doing this. She yeah. can't keep saying... I'll answer the questions when I answer them, or I can't give you the the pieces to the puzzle yet. That's not going to work for someone who obviously, even in season one, no matter how naive we think she is, she continues to ask for questions. Right. And I think it plays into the whole David scenario where she's not she's not being Olivia and she's not thinking two steps ahead. She she's underestimating her adversaries and she has created. A volatile, volatile adversary with David, number one. Number two, the fact that she let Huck off of his leash, that, again, you have you have two atomic bombs literally that, coming for each other, and Olivia is right in the middle. That's just two more topics we can't even talk about because we're yeah. running out of time, so we'll have yeah. to continue the conversation on Twitter. Yeah. Um, God, because I really want to talk about it. We'll continue we're on, Twitter, Twitter on Twitter, though. Yeah, we're going to on Twitter. You know we're on Twitter. So Twitter, remember, iTunes, YouTube. Yeah, we want to yeah. talk yeah. about the David thing and yeah. the whole Huck thing. Yeah. Um, but let's talk about some news and gossip. You had the ratings, right? Yeah, so the ratings um, were pretty steady. It was uh, 7 million, uh, although they they were still ranked number three within the top ABC, NBC, um, and CBS. But 7 million, I think it's still good. And I didn't get the... Uh, it wasn't reported in regards to what the DVRs was because I'm sure it probably was another couple million of people who DVR'd and watched it later. And so I think they're doing great. Um, you know, of course, I would like for the ratings to be more and better, but I don't think it has. I, I think they'll go a full season two. What I found funny was the haters have not gone away, and I don't know whether it's because they're not supporters of Shonda Rhimes or a black lead actress or what. I it think is. hate is good. I think hate is good. I don't know the exact quote, but if they're not talking about you, it means you're not important. So I think the the chatter in general means that they're at least watching enough to comment. Yeah. So I actually think it's a good thing. I think it means you're high enough on the pedestal for people to throw stones at you. What do you mean the haters were? Just like when you look at the ratings, if you look at the comments, they're like, "Oh, it's so great to see that uh, scandal because Grey's Anatomy." came on it was like 12 million views it's so great to see that scandal um only got 7 million with such a big lead in stuff like this but also like it's a different audience it's a different audience it's a completely different audience and i think that um bam brought up a really good point and i think that columbus actually tweeted today and gladiators again use your remotes as your sword and if you can watch in real time and i know that yes we have dvr we have um tivo we have all these different mediums hello you can go on abc.com you can go on hulu but literally, even if you, you're busy or you're at work, just turn it on and then watch it again because it really does make a difference. I don't think that the ratings have caught up with technology and yeah. we all know how technological you are. But again, if you can watch in real time and then watch again on ABC or on Hulu. <laughs> but, you know, I think that's really important. I think that's what accounts for the fact that it's only seven million. I would really just from from my I love math. It really is more like 14 when you really think about well, how I many just times would like people to watch. interject yeah. on that one. I mean, it's a new show. Number one. Okay, I think it's unfair for anybody to try to compare it to a Grey's Anatomy. Thank you. It's it's a new show, second season, and seven million is an amazing number. There are shows that's on cable networks. I'll even go as far as to say a Jersey Shore that they wish they were getting seven million every single week. I mean. 
everybody has to look at the logistics. It's a show that's a great show. It's a, after a, a, a powerhouse show. And it's still getting $7 million. And not to throw salt, but there are some shows that has been on longer that does not do 7 million viewers. Exactly. exactly. They, are, they are below 7 million. Exactly. And then just to kill the haters, also, this premiered last season in April. Mm-hmm. Not even at the beginning of the season. Right. It barely got any publicity. And any, anyway, moving on. I'm like, yeah. I know Sophia has some shout-outs from I fans. I have some shout-outs. Fans, gladiators, you have been doing an absolutely amazing job. So I'm going to try to do this at Scandal Pace, and hopefully you can see your name. Obviously, I typed that up real quick. So to our <laughs> iTunes people, Sandler325, Lauren Pow, Joseph Nelson, Raven Carr, Aunt Love, Tammy Frazier, Joanne Borland, Minchiva, Emily Snow, we appreciate your comments. Please keep commenting on iTunes to my st- Twitter people at Scandalmonium at trial court at Ant love 25 at Yodi rod at Aquarian 1973 at mi madre <laughs> at Margie Vital 302 at baby cake Brianna at exclaim point at Shawana at jiggy Jupe, <laughs> and to my YouTubers, some of you had amazing cre- questions like Nuo 9024 why Quinn's trial was in DC oh, and we not California we will talk about that on Twitter I'm Twitter. gonna give you the lawyer answer to that one they messed up <laughs> anyways um, bunny whip 2011 Leighton Love wait no Leighton Lova 22 she asked who is Olivia which is going to be the new trending topic Starry 118 Elizabeth Nidvani um, Afro India 42 what happened to Billy we did it in Scandal Pace at the top of the show uh, Honey Luke 32690 Danzia 08 Fiorentina 5 and I'm not sure if I can do this one Sickly Sark I don't know. Hopefully it's on Sickly the screen. Sarcastic 04. Let's oh, see. you oh, are oh, oh. What, 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 what? Hopefully that was at scandal pace, but hopefully you saw your name on the screen. We love you, gladiators. Keep doing what you do on YouTube, Twitter, iTunes, rate, subscribe, comment. And at least also um, one of the one of the scandal uh, Twitter pages wanted me to ask you if you could name uh, uh, Melly's baby, what would you name it? <laughs> That's really? a good answer. I like really? that. Really? The other woman is going to name the first lady's baby. I don't think so. I'm just... <laughs> That's your answer. Sorry. Yes. I told y'all I like that. Sorry. Her. That's your answer. I like yes. that answer. <laughs> I don't have an answer. I like that answer. Man. Well, guys. <laughs> you can't even compose <laughs> We're out of time, unfortunately. We can sit here and talk for days, obviously. But, um... Oh, I forgot about predictions. And now, you're after Buzz TV. Predictions. I don't know, based on the trailer, um, for next, oh, it's not next week, we have two weeks until the next episode, October 18th, we should have said a news, but, um, as far as Olivia and Fitz go, where do we see this going? Because it looked like it got pretty It's going, it's gonna get bad, it's gonna get bad, so again, you're gonna see us, not next week, but the week after that, and I've actually been wondering this, there is no such thing as a secure line. We Mm -hmm. live in 2012. Seriously, phones can pick up everything. You have, you know, ultraviolet x-ray lights. You have um, face recognition. At the end of the day, their affair is going to come back to bite them in the ass. And I'm telling you, the first lady has something to do with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think going on with predictions, I think David is going to be the person, the first person to find out. Seriously yeah. about Olivia and Fitz mm-hmm. because he's looking too hard. He's yeah. looking at everything. He has a board. He has a vision board style uh, thing <laughs> on his wall yeah. with Olivia on it. So he's going to be on it. That's what I. And think. he's a prosecutor. Yeah. I predict the ratings are going to be outstanding because Elisa Neal, Elise Neal was such a fabulous actress. Everyone was talking about it, yes. and everyone was watching because not only it's a great show, but because you were uh, the special guest. So. Uh, Thank you. I, I mean, the the love and support from everybody on social media. To the next past two days have been has just been crazy. It's just been really great and, and crazy. Thank you to Derek for uh, you know making this work. <laughs> Shout out to Derek. Yes, well, we really do appreciate you coming on. Um, and it's so great to have you on because um, we we do get special guests on other shows, but it's a great when we have a special guest that was on the actual episode we just watched. So um, it was really nice to have you in the studio. My pleasure. I enjoyed it. And I again, tell it. people again where they can find you on Twitter. Yes, my Twitter handle is the real Neil E. It's the only one that's verified, so follow me. <laughs> and again, you can find me at Sophia Stanley. That's Sophia with an F for a fanatic. Bam Erickson. 
I'm Canelia at Canelia on Twitter. And at Emilio E. Jr. and ChasingLA.com. And guys, we will see you not next week, but whenever after October, October 18th. 18. Yeah. So uh, October 18th, we'll be here live in the studio, 11 p.m. Hollywood Bell by Elise Neal comes out oct- um, October 26th. Yes. yes. Check it out. Check, check it out. out. And don't forget to tweet her tonight. The real Neal E. Hit me up. And we will continue the conversation with you also. Scandal pace always. And we will see you next time. Thank you, guys. Bye, guys. Bye, From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners <laughs> or